What's up, everybody? Welcome back to more Shooting the Schmidt. I'm your host, Jonathan Smith. Got a really exciting show for you today. It's all basketball, the whole show. I'm excited for it, I'm sure. Hopefully you are, too. You know, it's, it's the playoffs. We have fans back. I mean, I'm super excited for this. So, I think that so far, the biggest thing that we've seen is the emerging stars, right? So, when we look at the Suns, you've got Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Obviously, the Hawks, they have Trey Young. And, you know, they have other guys as well. You know, DeAndre Hunter. Cam Reddish is sadly hurt, but he's another guy who's kind of younger. John Morant and Triple J for the Grizzlies. You know, Luka. You know, all these young talents who are really kind of starting to pop. And we're kind of seeing this next wave of superstars be ushered in, right? And so we're, we're going to kind of cover... A few of these guys, not all of them here to start. So, first one, Trey Young. Absolutely love this kid. I take that back. I don't love this kid. Can't stand him. Okay, he drives me crazy. But he's perfect in this villain role. So, two games into his first playoff series ever. Okay, this kid's 22. He's averaging 31 points per game. Shooting 52% from the field. And averaging 8.5 assists per game. Now, that's that's good for anybody, yet alone a 22-year-old. He's done great so far handling the pressure of playing in Madison Square Garden. You know, the, the, the shh. You know, he's out here, you know, shushing people, shushing the crowd. It's awesome. Okay. You know, saying it's quiet is bleeping here. It's great. Right. And, you know, the press conference after the game, talking about how they were chanting FU at him and just his response to the whole thing is great. You know, them losing last night and him coming back and be like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll see you in the A. Right. And then, you know, you got, I believe it was Burks on Twitter after the game, be like, all right, sure, yeah, let's let's run it back in the A, right? And it is just, it's a great series so far. It's been awesome. And Trey Young, man, really kind of bursting onto the scene. You know, he's talking trash. Like, he's just the perfect villain for the NBA right now. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I'm totally here for it. Trey Young, emerging star. It's been awesome. John Morant last night, 21 years old, first playoff series. He's averaging 36 and a half points per game. Shooting 55% from the field and averaging five and a half assists. Dude's fearless. Absolutely love it. Like he when he's a, when he's going to the rim, he does not care who you are. He doesn't care if you're the defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. He's like, I'm coming. I'm coming. And it's awesome, you know, seeing him cock it way back last night. And, you know, obviously, you know, Rudy Gobert, he finishes with the block. But just seeing him go for it was awesome. I mean, it was it was awesome. Like, there's really no other word to really describe it. And just the fearlessness that he possesses, it's it's contagious. It's fun to watch. That's the way that, that's the, way that the Grizzlies play. You know, they're, they're not scared of this Jazz team. We're going to go more into them later on in the show. But, yeah, absolutely love John Morant. He's really kind of coming onto the scene. He's He's been awesome. Devin Booker, 24 years old, first playoff series. He's averaging 32.5 points per game on 47% shooting from the field, 5.5 assists per game. He's the most skilled. Okay, of all the players in this group, I think he's the most skilled in terms of the handle, being able to create space and get a shot up. I mean, he is he's really refined offensively. You know, the first game he had 8 assists. I mean, he's played really well. He can score whenever he wants in this series as well. And we'll kind of go more into this. We're going to talk Suns-Lakers later on in the show as well. But just the skill that he possesses is its awesome. You know, you can see a lot of Kobe Bryant in his game with the pull-up jumpers and the footwork and the turnaround. And the, I mean, he's just hes awesome, right? And he's so skilled. And I think having Chris Paul alongside him has really helped him. 
in terms of development and things like that. And yeah, he's he's awesome. He's fun to watch. You know, we've kind of known about Devin Booker longer than these other guys, but still, like, fantastic player, super fun to watch. I mean, he's he's fantastic. DeAndre Ayton, twenty two years old, first playoff series, number one overall pick in the twenty eighteen draft. Twenty eighteen draft is really popping here. Okay, Trey Young, number f- uh, number the fifth overall pick in the twenty eighteen draft. I'm gonna talk about Luca, the number three overall pick in the twenty eighteen draft. Uh, Triple J for the Grizzlies, number four overall pick. DeAndre Ayton, number one overall pick. I mean, these guys, they're popping. The number two overall pick that year, Marvin Bagley, is kind of looking more and more like like a bust. So, yeah, this 2018 draft really popping. Michael Porter Jr. was also in that draft. He went 14th. Like, this this 2018 draft is looking like it's going to be a really, really good draft. But anyway, DeAndre Ayton, 22, 22 years old, first playoff series. He's averaging 21.5 points per game on 88% shooting from the field, 13 rebounds per game. Now, him... Obviously, his role slightly different, you know, from a guy like Devin Booker and these other guys on the list. He's not really, you know, the primary scorer. He's not the number one option. But what he's done in his role this year, I mean, he's just he's done exactly what's been asked of him. He's a great role guy. He's playing good defense. He's defended, you know, LA's big guys very well this year. He's having 13 rebounds per game, which is tough to do when you know the Lakers are running Andre Drummond and Anthony Davis on the floor at the same time. Yeah, I've been really impressed with DeAndre Ayton. I think he's played really well. And he's going to continue to develop, continue to develop, excuse me. You know, he's got a nice-looking mid-range jump shot. You know, he may, may be able to expand that at some point. I think he'll get better with his back to the basket as well. He's very athletic, very good rim runner. Really liking what I'm seeing from, from DeAndre Ayton. And then, you know, to close it out, you know, I'm not going to go over Michael Porter Jr. We know how great that guy is. 6'10", can score. He can absolutely shoot it. You know, No need to really go over him. Luka Doncic, the last guy I want to go over here. 21 years old, second playoff series. And in this series, you know, his overall numbers are obviously fantastic, but I want to focus in on, on this series. He's averaging 35 points per game on 51% shooting from the field and 8.5 rebounds per game and 9 assists. He's averaging a near triple-double against the Clippers, who have two of the best wing defenders in the league. Okay, you got Kawhi Leonard, you know, who's one of the best defenders maybe ever. I mean, he's a fantastic defender when he's locked in. Obviously, you know, Paul George has gotten more of the assignment than Kawhi Leonard. That is going to change here at some point, though, I would assume. Marcus Morris, that's another good wing defender. Patrick Beverly, you know, he's a good perimeter defender. You know, he's proven to be too small for Luka. And, I mean, he's just giving these guys buckets. I mean, he's been absolutely incredible. He's shooting the ball really well. His jump shot has improved so much from year two to year three. Looks way better. You know, this step back jumper that he takes from 35 feet is just ridiculous, right? And he shoots it, and it's like, yeah, like that's that's a good shot for him, <laughs> which is probably a good shot for only three or four other guys in the league. And now I'm I'm about to do something that the media does every single year. And they're wrong every year, and I may be wrong again, but I'm not afraid, you know, to to make claims. I'm not not afraid to drop to drop a take. Luka Doncic will be 22 years old next year. Not only will he be 22, he will be the best player in the NBA next year. And you know, a lot of people are in this kind of LeBron phase, kind of like people are with Tom Brady, 
where it's like, you know, it's like I'm not going to bet bet against the guy until I see it. Like I'm not going to say LeBron won't be the best player in the NBA until he's not. And which is totally respectable, totally get that. You know, totally understand that LeBron could come back next year and be just as amazing as he is this year. But look, like LeBron's going to be 37. And, you know, if you've been watching the playoffs, he doesn't really look the same. Now, maybe that's because, you know, he's got, you know, the the, the ankle injury. Maybe that's why, you know, he's picking his spots a little bit more. Or maybe it's just because he's played 50,000 minutes and it's finally kind of starting to wear on him. I mean, that's a lot of minutes. You know, he's he's logged, you know, the sixth most number of minutes in the history of the NBA. And he's a real physical player. And just kind of the way he posts up and the way he gets to the basket, it's a real physical game. And maybe it's just, maybe the wear and tear, we're finally starting to see it. And I I think that's a real possibility here where we look up and Luke is the best player in the NBA next year, right? So we're kind of seeing what Luke can do on this big stage, right? I can't believe that they put their game on, on NBA TV the other night. It was absolutely insane. Both the Clippers and the Mavs making a ton of shots. The Mavs just made more shots. It was It was pretty incredible, but... Luca, man, like let's remember, he was like the favorite to win the MVP coming into this season. Like, like people don't like you gotta remember that like, he was the favorite to win the MVP, which is you know incredible. And he shows up out of shape, you know, and he accredits that to you know thinking that the season was gonna start later. He thought he had more time to get in shape, and so to start the season, he wasn't he wasn't very good. Okay, he didn't shoot the ball well, really kind of struggled. And then at about the All-Star break, he really kind of started to figure this, figure some things out. He started to shoot the ball better from three post-All-Star break. I mean, he just, he played really, really well as, as soon as he got into shape. And now, we're seeing him dominate three of the best defenders in the NBA, okay? Kawhi can't guard him, Patrick Beverly can't guard him, Paul George can't guard him, okay? Down the stretch... I mean, he understands how to get switches. Like, down the stretch, he got a switch where Patrick Beverly would guard him whenever he wanted. Okay, they they would come to the top, they'd set him a screen, the Clippers would switch, he, he'd go to the basket, pump pa- Patrick Beverly off of him, lay up. I mean, he was so good, okay? And so eventually, you know, the Clippers, they start to double him, but you can't double him because he's such a good passer that he's just going to find the open guy, right? And that's how a lot of these NBA players are when they know where the double's coming from. I mean, you're you're done, right? And he's just, he's been great. He's shooting the ball extremely well from three. He's shooting over 40% in the series. Now, look, it's only two games. You know, he could have a bad game where, you know, he just doesn't shoot well. The one area of his game that does need improvement is his free throw shooting. He's not shooting great from the free throw line. He has to work on that. But outside of that, man, he's playing fantastic, okay? He's shooting the ball well. He's finding the open guy. He's making the right basketball plays. He's improved a lot defensively from last year to this year. And he's just a really smart, heady basketball player. And, you know, he knows where his spots are. He gets to his spots because of how good his handle is. It's really impressive. I've really enjoyed watching him. And, yeah, I'm not afraid to say that, you know, there's a really good possibility that he's going to be the best player in the NBA next year. So we're going to take... A short break. When we come back, we're going to dive kind of into last night's games. You know, we're going to kind of look at that. And then after that, we're going to look ahead to who's playing tonight, right? So it's going to be good. You know, I'm, I'm excited to go into it. And yeah, so we're going to take a short break and then we'll, we'll be back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt. Moving on to the games from 
last night in the NBA playoffs. So last night's games, Wizards 76ers, that was the first one. And let's be honest, do people really even care about this series? Like the 76ers, they're clearly way better. The Wizards have no answer for Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, such a good defender. You know, they've been kind of sticking him on Beal and Westbrook, kind of whichever one, doesn't really matter. And, you know, he's such a good defender that he, I'm not going to say he completely takes them out of, you know, the game, but he makes it really difficult on them to score. And the the Wizards, they're just not as good as the 76ers. Like, they're just not, it's not really close. It's going to be a sweep, you know, as most people kind of figured. And, you know, this game was so bad that, you know, the real story is the fan dumping popcorn on, on Russell Westbrook. Okay, and you can't do that. You know, there's people weighing in. And this wasn't the only, you know, assault, I guess, that we had. You know, we'll, we'll talk about that in the Hawks-Knicks game. But, I mean, it's just, you can't do that, you know. And, you know, they refuse to put these people on TV. And what they should do is they should put them on TV. That way all their work colleagues can see how terrible of a person that they are and how embarrassing that is. I mean, like, you, you can't do that. That's that's unacceptable. That's terrible behavior, okay? Like, you're not five years old, all right? Like, don't dump popcorn on people, all right? You know, I don't blame Russell Westbrook for being upset at all. You know, I mean, everybody, I think, would be upset if that happened to them. And on top of that, you know, Russell Westbrook's right. Like, if you saw Russell Westbrook in the street, if that same guy saw him in the street, he wouldn't just walk up to him and dump popcorn on his head because at that point Russell Westbrook would tear that man up because that is a very strong man. That's that's one of the last guys in the NBA that I would personally want to fight. And yeah, so I mean it's just it's terrible, you know, it's it's bad. It's dumb, it's childish. I can't believe we have, you know, full grown adults acting like that. Like it's it's un it's it's unacceptable. You know, he's banned you know, from, you know, the Sixers stadium as he should be. You know, you can't treat players like that. And, yeah, it's it's awful. It's awful. So, let's look at the Hawks and Knicks game. Talk about a great game. Oh, my gosh. This game right here, absolutely, absolutely awesome. Okay, this has been probably my second favorite series to watch behind the Lakers and the Sun series. This series has just been great. You know, part of it is MSG is just absolutely rocking in games one and two. Like, it's absolutely buzzing in there, right? And you can tell that the players are really into it. You know, the fans, you got Spike Lee sitting on, you know, courtside yelling at guys. And Trey Young, you know, shushing the crowd and, you know, saying, let's go, you know, we can go run it back in the A. And, I mean, it's just been a great series. It's been so entertaining, and, you know, we talked about this, you know, earlier in the last segment. But Trey Young, ultimate villain, ultimate villain, running his mouth the whole game. He's annoying with the way he draws fouls. You know, stopping in front of people and putting up jump shots, getting nicked. You know, and then, you know, the ref blows his whistle. And then, you know, all of Madison Square Garden is up in arms. Like, oh, you know, they're all going crazy. And it's been so much fun to watch on TV. And, you know, I love this Knicks team as well. They're hard-nosed. You know, they play good defense. I love Tom Thibodeau. He's awesome. You know, he is he's awesome, right? Like he's a defensive genius. I wouldn't call him a genius, but defensive minded guy, tough, hard nosed. I mean, it is it's great. It really embodies what New York City is. It's a bunch of guys just going out there working really hard. Right? And like that's really what New York is, right? You know, we think about, you know, the stars that are there, but at the, the end of the day, 
you know, there's 7 million people who live in that city who go wake up every morning and they work their tails off, you know, to afford a living. And, you know, I think that this team really embodies that city tough and hard-nosed. And I think that's part of the reason why the fans love this team, right? You know, you're led by a bunch of, I don't want to call them outcasts, but, you know, Randall's been traded. Nerlens Noel's been on multiple teams. R.J. Barrett was looking like he was going to be a bust. Now he's a pretty solid player. And so I think, you know, this city, you can tell they really love this team. You know, speaking of Randall, didn't play great last night. You know, he was 5 of 16 from the field. He did look more comfortable, though. I think part of this is he tore the Hawks up in the regular season, averaged like 37 points per game in the three games that, that they played against the Hawks. And so I think part of it is the Hawks just being like, you're not going to average 37 points per game, which is a great strategy by by the Hawks. And so they're really making him more of a passer. They're taking him out of the game. Derrick Rose has been awesome. You know, he's playing like 40 minutes a night. And, you know, he's... Another reason why I think people are really enjoying this series, just the comeback that he has made after all the injuries, and he's turned himself into a really good basketball player, one of the best guys to come off the bench in the NBA. And, you know, this is such an entertaining series. I hope it goes seven. I do still like the Hawks to take the series. They're just, they're much more skilled across the board when you watch them. You know, Trey Young, he can get a shot whenever he wants, he can get in the lane. Whenever he wants, you know, he can get an open three whenever he wants. And, you know, DeAndre Hunter has played well. And Bogdanovich, golly, that kid can shoot it. And I thought he should have gotten some more minutes down down the stretch last night. You know, the Hawks were up by, I think it was like 10, but between 8 and 11. And they went on this streak where they couldn't really score. And Trey Young went on the floor, and neither was Bogdanovich. And it didn't really make a lot of sense. You know, so the Knicks were kind of able to climb their way back into the game. So I really feel like you know that stretch is really what cost the Hawks from possibly going up 2-0 in the series, which at that point, you know, the series would, would be over. We'd be looking at a possible sweep. But, so yeah, that, that didn't really make a lot of sense for me. I, I don't know why they didn't have at least one of those two guys on the floor, probably their two most skilled scorers. So that didn't really make a lot of sense. But outside of that, you know, the series has been great. You know, I really want this series to go 7. Game 7 in Madison Square Garden would be awesome, you know, no matter who won or lost. And, yeah, so with that, let's move on to the the final game from last night, Grizzlies-Jazz. This series has been surprisingly good. You know, coming into the series, you know, I'll be honest, didn't really think it was going to matter whether or not John Morant played, you know, excuse me, Donovan Mitchell played in game one for the Jazz. You know, I'm thinking, like, this is four-game sweep, not really going to be much of a series. No, this series has been awesome. It's been surprisingly good. John Morant is an emerging star. Jaron Jackson Jr., Triple J, as I like to call him, he's emerging as well. You know, both of those guys are playing really well. Valachunas and Gobert, that matchup has also been a lot of fun to watch with two just traditional big guys. And so, yeah, so this young Grizzlies team, man, they're, they're playing hard. Dylan Brooks is playing out of his mind. He was 10 of 14 from the field last night. You know, he's got into foul trouble. And honestly, like, if he doesn't get into foul trouble, you know, and this game's really different. You know, there are a lot of whistles blown in this game. It was really annoying. But, yeah, I love this young Grizzlies team. They're playing hard. They're absolutely fearless. They do not care that they're the eight seed. You know, I think they're going to get another game off the Jazz. I do think this one's going to go at least six. It may go seven, which would be a lot of fun. Because, you know, game seven, anything can happen, right? And, you know, the Grizzlies, they've already played basically in two game sevens, and they they won both of those. By those, I'm talking about the the playing games. And, you know, it's it's been a great series. John Morant last night going to get in 47. 
absolutely crazy. Could have gotten 50 if he didn't miss his five his five free throws. You know, that's that's a franchise record. He can score whenever he wants. You know, I don't think the Jazz really have anybody who can guard him. You know, Mike Conley, it's a really good defender. A little bit older, can't really stay in front of him. But Morant, he, he can get a floater whenever he wants. Right? You know, the big question for him is 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 he gonna make his threes, right? You know, when we saw, you know, in game seventy two of the season when they're playing the Warriors for the eight seed, you know, we see that, you know, they kinda let John Morant shoot and just kinda lived with the result. And that's kind of been a similar way that teams are playing him. They're going under the screen. So if he can just be respectable enough from three, these teams are going to have a really tough time beating this Grizzlies team because they have a lot of guys who can shoot. Grayson Allen comes off the bench. He can shoot it. Jaron Jackson Jr., he can shoot it. Dylan Brooks can shoot it. Valachunas, if he's open, he can step out and shoot it. So like, this is a really good, deep team. Like Justice Winslow isn't even getting minutes, and that's a really solid young player. And I mean, this is a deep, young Grizzlies team. If they can kind of keep this cord, you know, together, they're going to have a real opportunity down the road, you know, to be a really good, really good basketball team. Love their head coach as well. Talk about fearless and tough. Like, he's he embodies all of that as well. And, you know, last little nugget on this game. This was a close game. Like, this was a really competitive game. You know, the Grizzlies, they had the big third quarter where they scored 43 to kind of get themselves back into it. This was a competitive game where the Jazz had Donovan Mitchell and, you know, all their guys played well. They shot just under 50% from three. And, you know, the Grizzlies, they, they were still in the game, you know. You know, all their starters were in double figures. Four four out of the five had over 15. Kyle Anderson was the only one who didn't, and he had 11. You know, the problem was they didn't have any production from their bench. And that is where... The Jazz are going to have an advantage over just about anybody that they play, right? With Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles coming off their bench, you know, they those two guys they they combined for thirty bench points right there. So in order for the Grizzlies to pull off this upset, they're going to have to get some production fr- from their bench. That or they're going to have to defend the three much better than what they have in these first two games. You know, game one, Jazz had a lot of good open looks; they just didn't really knock them down. Game two, they did, and you know, they ended up winning. So they're going to have to figure out you know, either how to get some, some bench production or they're going to have to defend the three much better than what they did you know, in the, these first two games. So, yeah, we're, we're going to take a short break. We come back, we're, we're, gonna go over, we're going to go over tonight's games, and then we're going to wrap them up. So that's Bucks Heat, Suns Lakers, Nuggets Trailblazers. Should be good. You're not going to want to miss it. So we're going to take a short break, and then we'll, we'll be right back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with the final segment of today's show here on Shooting the Schmidt. Moving on to tonight's games, Bucks Heat. Look, I, I like Milwaukee to win and cover. I feel like the Heat's best chance to pull a game off of this Milwaukee Bucks team was game one when Giannis and Chris Middleton weren't exactly playing great. And, you know, Milwaukee didn't really shoot the ball well from three. But at the same time, the Heat didn't play well, right? Jimmy Butler hadn't had a good game yet. Bam Adebayo had ha- hasn't had a good game yet. Both of those guys are due. But I just, I don't know. I really like this Milwaukee team. They're just better. You know, Drew Holiday really has given them this extra oomph that they need, especially offensively. You know, he's able to initiate the offense. Chris Middleton's able to play off the ball more, which is where he's at his best. I mean, he shot, I believe, 45% from three this year. I mean, the dude is an absolute marksman. He's been fantastic for them so far in the series. Obviously, he hit the game winner in game one, played really well game two. Giannis, you know, played much better in game two than he did in game one. 
I mean, this this Bucks team is just really good defensively. They're really good as well. You know, Giannis is the reigning defensive player of the year. He protects the rim like only a few guys can. Plus, he's quick enough he can step out on the perimeter and defend guys. I mean, he is just, he's awesome, you know, defensively. You know, Drew Holiday, he's one of the best, you know, perimeter defenders that we have in the league. It's really quite impressive. And then when you look at not only him, but you also look at how Chris Middleton defends. Like, that's another tall, long body that that you have to deal with, right? And so, yeah, just this team defensively is really impressive. And, you know, offensively, they're able to do more than enough, right? They've got shooting everywhere. they got guys who come off the bench who can score. Like, this Milwaukee Bucks team is really good. There's a reason why people have picked them to play in the finals. Like, there's a reason why people have them coming out of the East. And you know, it's just it's a really good team. And, you know, if they came out of the East, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I, man, I just, I don't know. But I do like Milwaukee. You know, they can they can sweep. I think they'll cover as well at minus one and a half. So, I like the Bucks tonight to take a 3-0 lead over the Miami Heat, which sucks because I do like this Miami team. I like how hard they play, but at the end of the day, they're just they're not getting the same production from guys like Tyler Hero that they got last year in the bubble, and that's ultimately you know what's what's hurt them so far this year. So I am going to take the Bucks to win a close one tonight. I think they'll they'll end up winning by four, but I do like the Bucks to beat the Heat. Next game, Suns Lakers. I like L.A. You know, Chris Paul, he isn't healthy, which really sucks. You know, if Chris Paul was healthy, I think I think the Suns win game two. And if Chris Paul is healthy, I'd probably pick the Suns to win this game. But I don't think he is. He's listed as probable, so he's going to play. But I'm assuming it'll be in a very limited role. He has had a couple of days off, so maybe he's better. But, man, I mean, it's just, it really sucks, you know, the fact that, that he got hurt. But, you know, he did. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to take L.A. You know, I think it's going to be a very easy, chill, triple-double kind of night for LeBron. You know, like he'll, he'll go get like 22, 10, 11, something like that. He'll just kind of take it easy. I think Anthony Davis is going to be motivated tonight just because, you know, there's there's going to be fans there and everything like that. So, I'm really excited, you know, just to watch this game. I do think it's going to be a good one. At the end of the day, you know, the Lakers don't have anyone who can guard De- Devin Booker, and that is a real hope that the Suns have. You know, maybe Devin Booker, maybe he'll go get, maybe he'll go get sixty-two. Like, who knows, right? You know, he's a guy who can score with anybody in the league. DeAndre Ayton's played really well. You know, we kind of talked about them at the start of the show, but I'm going to take LA to win and to cover minus seven. If this is a blowout, I mean, I don't really know what's going to happen here. Like. Like, if the Lakers were to win by, like, 15, I wouldn't be surprised. But if, if if the Lakers were to only win by, like, 3 or 4, I wouldn't be surprised, right? Like, it all really kind of comes down to, is Chris Paul healthy? If Chris Paul is healthy, I think this is going to be a really close, competitive game. If he's not healthy, then, you know, the, the Lakers could easily run away with this. So, yeah, that's that's what it comes down to for Phoenix. If if Chris Paul is healthy, then, you know, it, it'll then they'll be fine. If he's not, then, you know, it, it could get ugly rather quickly so easy you know triple double tonight for LeBron you know Anthony Davis I think plays well again I like Devin Booker to play well and you know we'll kind of see what's up with Chris Paul that's really going to dictate what happens here tonight final game Nuggets Trailblazers so I've noticed that I have picked the favorite in every game so far that's changing 
you know, the Trailblazers, they're they're four point favorites tonight. I'm taking Denver to win outright. And look, they found something in the second half of game two when they put Aaron Gordon on Damian Lillard. You know, Damian Lillard, look, he's Damian Lillard. He's going to score because he's one of the best offensive players that we have in the NBA. But Aaron Gordon, tall, long, athletic. He's going to make it hard on him. He made it hard in the second half. Like in the first half of game two, Damian, Damian Lillard had 32. He finished with 42. What's the difference? They put Aaron Gordon on him in the second half. So I think we're going to see more of that. I'm interested to see how the Trailblazers adjust because I'm sure that they know that that's coming. How are they going to try and get Aaron Gordon switched off of him? I think it's going to be a really fun chess match to kind of watch. And at the end of the day, the Trailblazers don't play defense. Okay, like Jokic, I think he's, he's going to have another big game. He'll get 30-7, and seven, 37 and 10, you know, because he's Jokic and he's incredible. And, you know, he's due for a big game. Michael Porter Jr., you know, he's been shooting the ball so well here recently. The Nuggets of a whole have been shooting the ball here really well recently. Like, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if the Nuggets went in there and beat them by 12. I mean, like, this is a really good Nuggets team. Even without Jamal Murray, I think people are overreacting to not having him. You know, I think, you know, Michael Porter Jr. is a better version of Jamal Murray in terms of the number two option who can score the basketball. Honestly, if I'm Denver, I'm looking to move Jamal Murray this offseason. I think Michael Porter Jr. has really emerged into a guy that can take Jamal Murray's spot. He's younger, he's taller, longer, going to be a better defender just because of his length in general. And, yeah, so like if I'm Denver, like I'm moving off Jamal Murray. I'm trading him away. I'm going to get either more shooters or I'm calling the Wizards and seeing if I can get a deal for Bradley Beal. That's what I'm doing if I'm Denver in this offseason. Because let's be honest, they don't quite have enough with, with Jamal Murray out, you know, to make a, a title run. Whereas, you know, if they had Jamal Murray or Bradley Beal, who I would much rather have, they would definitely have more than enough. So, it's going to be interesting to kind of see what the Nuggets do. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself getting into the NBA offseason. But, you know, just a little little sneak peek into things that, that we'll be talking about. But I do like the Nuggets tonight to win. Even if they don't win, they'll definitely cover at plus four. You know, Trailblazers don't play defense. This Nuggets team, really good offensively and, and defensively. So I'm really kind of looking forward to this game tonight. But look, of the three... I think everybody knows that this Suns-Lakers game is, is definitely the headliner. After that, I think people are looking forward to the Bucks heat because th- there is a little bit of hope for the Heat. But, like, this Milwaukee team, they're really good. You know, they're going to give the Nets all that they can handle in the next round if both end up moving on, which I think that they both will. And I'm, I'm really excited for all three of these games tonight. So that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. If you want to hear more, go subscribe to the YouTube Shooting the Schmidt. Go follow us on Twitter at shooting underscore Schmidt. And, yeah, so we're, we're trying to get the YouTube up to 1,000 subscribers so that we can live stream these as well. So please go and subscribe. Check out the videos. You know, maybe you know you only want to hear certain segments. That's great. We're not uploading the full thing. We're just uploading segments of it. So, you know, hopefully, you know, you'll go over there. You'll, you'll check that out. It's really good. Hopefully you, you enjoy it. Please, like I said, go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. That would be that would be great just so we can start live streaming these in addition to, to dropping the podcast. So, yeah, that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Really excited for the games tonight. Hoping to pop out another podcast really late tonight slash early tomorrow morning after these games. Kind of do a post-game reaction kind of thing and look forward to tomorrow's games as well. So, that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. 
Thank you guys so much for listening. I will see y'all again tomorrow.